This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Ever since creation, the devil has been throwing temptations along our path in life. Even Jesus was tempted by Satan. In this week's message, Defeating the Devil, we'll look to Jesus to learn how to stand strong against the devil as he threatens us with earthly evilness. If you've ever wrestled with temptations in your life, you'll want to stay with us because God has a word for you. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you have blessed us with another day of life and the opportunity to spend another day with you in this world. And we thank you for that. We approach your throne of grace this day, eager to encounter Jesus in your holy word. We come recognizing our weakness and our need to come to you for strength and encouragement and direction. It's in the name of Jesus we ask for this today. Amen. Our reading for today is Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. This is what happens right after Jesus is baptized. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came, said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and all their splendor. And he said to him, All of these I give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on Jesus. Dear friends, I came across a poster a while back. It said, Opportunity may knock only once, but temptation leans on the doorbell. How true that is. From the beginning of human history, temptation has been a part of living in this world. We just need to look at the book of Genesis at the beginning, chapter 3, where there's temptation in the garden, in God's perfect world, between the serpent and Adam and Eve. And we see that play out again and again throughout history and even in our own lives. Temptation. The fact is, someone once said to a greater or lesser degree, if you are alive, then you are tempted. I came across a kind of funny story about temptation because sometimes temptations can be humorous as we consider them. 
A minister parked his car in a no-parking spot and left a note on the car saying, I circled around this area ten times, couldn't find a parking place, I'm going to be late, and I'm parking here, so please forgive us our trespasses. A police officer found this note, and he left a citation for the mistake of parking there and a note for the minister. When the minister came back to his car, he found this note saying, I am a police officer. I go around this block every day for ten years, and if I do not give you a ticket, I will lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. (laughs) Truth is, though, that temptation can be a dangerous business. Giving in to some temptation, such as breaking God's commandments or attempting to run our own lives without God's help, doubting God's love for us, can be dangerous to our spiritual, emotional, and physical health. For instance, a while back I was talking with an alcoholic friend of mine that had fallen off the sobriety wagon. When I asked him what happened, now he's trying to get back on, he said, I tried to do it on my own power without God's help. I stopped working the program. Or I think of the husband who was in to see me who was emotionally cheating on his wife and almost ready to commit the physical act as well. And in counsel with him, it turns out he had left God out of the equation and was on the verge of destroying his marriage and his family to feed his appetite. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. In the book of Hebrews, for instance, we find this reflection on that truth. We do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, and yet without sin. And we see that truth in our text for today. It's near the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus. He's just been baptized and affirmed by his heavenly Father. This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. He had been given an understanding of the purpose of his life and the means by which he was to carry it out. He was to be a suffering servant. Now, immediately following the thrill of his baptism, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness of all places, not to the cities to do ministry, but to the wilderness. You know, I've been out there. It's hot, miserable, a desolate place. So why would Jesus be led there? It says he was led there to be tempted by the devil. Sometimes the same word that's used for tempt is test. Field tested before he began his three years of proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and eventually dying for the sins of the world at the cross. Satan trying to knock Jesus off his game plan out there in the wilderness. The first thing Jesus did was he fasted for 40 days. That's quite a fast. Probably lost about 40 pounds. He'd be weak physically, but strong spiritually, as he learned to focus and depend upon God and God's love for him and promised to take care of him. And today we see what happens next. The devil approached and the battle was on. Interesting temptations that he threw in the direction of Jesus to knock him off track, to get him to quit following and trusting God. The first one seemed innocent enough. If you are the Son of God, feed yourself by turning these stones to bread. 
In other words, satisfy your appetite with the power you have, Jesus. You don't need God for that. Take care of yourself. Now remember, Jesus hadn't been eating for 40 days. He must have been starving, but Jesus refused. Instead saying, I'm trusting God's word. I'm trusting God to provide for me. The next temptation was the temptation to gain popularity with the masses. You can really wow people as you jump from the pinnacle of this temple, Satan said, and you'll be saved by God's angels and you'll have quite a following. He was being tempted to put God to the test, to test God's love for him, to perhaps uh, begin to doubt it. But Jesus refused. He said, no, I refuse to test the God that, that loves me. Finally, Satan tried this one. Worship me. And all you have to do is worship me and you'll sell your soul, of course, but I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Here's a shortcut to success. You don't have to go to that cross. And Jesus said, Away with you, Satan. I'm sticking with God. Only him will I worship. Now, did you notice that in all of these temptations, basically, Jesus was being asked, You're the Son of God, aren't you? Why why are you in this position? Tempting to knock Jesus off from trusting in God and in his love for Jesus. He basically would respond, I'm going to do life God's way, my Father's way. I'm trusting him. There will be no compromising on my part. The 40 days in the wilderness remind us of Israel, by the way, wandering around in the wilderness, and they failed to test, to trust God completely, didn't they? Or were reminded of the Adam and Eve story, living in paradise without sin, giving in to the tempter's words that, God was holding out on them, and they could do better by eating the fruit on the tree that God had warned them about, trying to put doubt in their minds, and he succeeded. They failed the test, and great was the fall. But here we see round one between Satan and Jesus, and round one goes to Jesus. He emerges the victor, doesn't he? He's the strong man who won out that day. Satan will leave him and attempt to test him again and again. For instance, with Peter in the garden. Peter, when he asks, who do men say that I am? And he begins to tell them about uh, he's going to the cross. And Peter says, you don't have to do that, Lord. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Or in the garden of Gethsemane, where he's so afraid to go to the cross to be crucified. But ultimately, he will emerge the victorious one, at the cross and at the grave, won't he? He will go to that cross. He will pay for your sins and mine. God will raise him up and affirm that sacrifice on the cross and give us the victory, all who trust in his son, Jesus Christ, over the grave. Jesus is our strong man, our champion, sent from God to conquer and perfectly carry out God's will and plan for his life and to rescue us. So, you might be wondering, what does all that have to do with me? That's a nice story about Jesus. He takes on Satan and wins. Well, listen, though the battle has been won by Jesus, 
And we are told that Satan will be ultimately destroyed someday by God in the future. We are still in the midst of the mop-up operations. The tempter is still prowling around like a lion or an angel of light, seeking to destroy people's lives and their relationship with God, tempting them to compromise trust in God and doing life God's way. I'm reminded of a story. A hunter raised his rifle and took aim at a large bear. When he was about to pull the trigger, the bear spoke in a soft, soothing voice. Isn't it better to talk than shoot? What is it that you want? Let's negotiate the matter. Lowering his rifle, the hunter said, I want a fur coat. Good, said the bear. That's a negotiable question. I only want a full stomach. So let's negotiate a compromise. They sat down to negotiate, and after a time, the bear walked away alone into the dense woods. The negotiation had been successful. The bear now had a full stomach, and the devoured hunter had his fur coat. Satan's deceitful like that. He often wants us to negotiate, to compromise the truth of God's word and commandments and doubt the love that our God has for us. Sometimes he works on us through hardships and suffering. Other times through prosperity and good times, making us believe that we can do even better on our own. Sometimes he works through peers who encourage us to go with the flow lay aside our values, other times through opposition and persecutors who make us afraid to follow Jesus. He works his tricks on us. But help is here. That's the good news. I have one I can turn to knowing that he is the strong one, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He is my refuge and my strength. In the book of Hebrews, I'm told that as I'm tempted, Jesus sympathizes with me in my weakness because he's been there. So as I focus on him and lean on him in prayer, calling out to him for help on a daily basis, there's strength in him to be experienced as I face my own temptations. He will help me, but you have to call on him. And some of us have a hard time asking for help. Calling on Jesus to help you overcome the temptations may look weak to people, but the demons know it is their undoing. Billy Graham said one time, we can't flee from temptation in our own strength, but God will give us the strength we need if we only seek it. A friend of mine says, when the devil knocks, I just send Jesus to the door. How about that little children's song? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. And by the way, did you notice when temptation was thrown Jesus' way, he had the word of God to guide him, to keep him on track, to protect him kept saying, it's written, it's written, it's written. 
If Jesus needed to lean upon the Word of God, can we do any less as His followers? There's power in reading and studying and applying the Word of God. There's power in having that uh, biblical perspective to look through as we are faced with situations. It's important that we get to know it, that Word that God's given us. It's crucial for your spiritual welfare, for winning the battle. It's been described as the sword of the Spirit. In it, you discover God's promises and God's directions for making life work best for you and for others. We cannot afford to be inept in our handling of God's Word, dear sisters and brothers. Martin Luther stressed the importance of his word in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress, when he wrote, One little word subdues him. Satan, he can be held at bay with a word. Martin Luther wrote one time, The devil cannot bear to hear God's word. It is the power of God, the power of God which burns the devil and gives us immeasurable strength and comfort and help. We need the word. We need to be in the Word and know the Word and leaning upon that Word because the battle is still on. Temptations will continue to come your way until your dying breath. But the good news that we learn today is you're not alone. Jesus is still here for you. You don't have to face these temptations on your own. And you've got the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit in hand. Call on the strong name of Jesus for help, knowing that He is the conqueror, and in Him we are more than conquerors. He will strengthen and guide you as you study His Word, call for help in prayer, lean upon others in the community of faith to stand by you and help you be strong in the Lord. I want to close this message with a story that comes out of the textile factories in New England. In one of the workrooms, there was a sign that said, If your threads get tangled, send for the foreman. A new employee got the threads tangled. The more she attempted to untangle them, the more helpless she became. She finally cried for help. The foreman came and asked why she hadn't sent for him earlier. She replied in self-defense, I did my best. The foreman smiled and said, Remember, doing your best is sending for me. In a world filled with temptation, our Lord would use those words, doing your best is sending for me. And that's the way a Christian handles temptation. Just send Jesus to the door. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, though the tempter is always after us to destroy our relationship with you, we are so grateful for the good news that Jesus is our refuge and strength that we can turn to. We praise you for his victory over sin and death and the devil. And we entrust ourselves to his loving care. Lord, we can't make it on our own. We need you. So help us to keep our eyes upon the Savior and to be vigilant and disciplined, opening our Bibles daily to take a word in from you. In Christ's name, we ask your help in this. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you peace. 
Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's gospel message will help you remember Jesus' words. Doing your best is sending for me when facing temptation. A number of devoted Christian Crusaders listeners have chosen to include this ministry in their estate planning. Estate gifts have become a significant part of our ministry, and we are grateful to all those who have chosen to make a final gift to support our mission. In this way, these donors leave a legacy of faith in Christ that extends far beyond their time on earth. To learn more about including Christian Crusaders in your estate planning, Call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. You can send your gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We encourage you to sign up to receive our quarterly newsletter, The Crusader, in which you will find articles from our speakers as well as our executive director, updates, and other interesting information concerning Christian Crusaders. To receive this periodical, call or write today. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. Or you can write us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We are happy you chose to worship with us today and pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting today's service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders now in its 81st year of broadcasting biblical truth.